1: Forever Dog
0: Rose and Jamie are two best friends And they love sex and the city And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmo, So many dudes. heavy little dudes All the dudes And we couldn't help but wonder Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee and I'm Rose Cerno and this is Couldn't it help, help But, but wonder, wonder podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to
2: us. Oh my goodness. Golly gee. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you?
2: Um, I'm, you know, we're hanging in, we're hanging in. Who, uh, who were you this week or who are you this week? I never know if it's a were or an are. It's really I your your call.
0: That's a really good question. I think this week I'm a Carrie okay. because I like weirdly have a bunch of like virtual dates set up. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. It's kind of funny. I, um, Okay, well actually this is kind of weird, but like I don't know if COVID's just like making people it is
2: horned up. It is. Everyone is horned toads at the moment.
0: Yeah. So like I was chatting with this guy. We have a date on Sunday night, a virtual date to talk on the phone. And then I went on a date with this Chilean architect like okay. a month ago. I know he was handsome before this whole COVID thing happened. And the day was fun. He seemed a little on edge, a little nervous. And he was defending his PhD in a couple of weeks. And, um, I never heard from him afterwards. We didn't kiss and I had a good time, but I was just like, whatever. It wasn't some big connection. And then he called me, no, no. He uh, texted me the other day and he's like, Hey, um, I had a really great time with you. You're really oh. cool, I to get I in touch sooner. I was defending my PhD and I was kind of anxious, but it's over. And you know, I would love to see you again when this whole thing's over. And so we're having a wine date on Friday.
2: I love that. I don't know if we talked about this in our last episode, or maybe I talked to you about it on the phone, but I have a friend of a friend who was saying that they always did FaceTime dates before regular dates, like pre-COVID, just to like screen it and make sure like, is this someone I actually want to hang out with face-to-face? So maybe this FaceTime dating won't necessarily end after... Things resume to normal. Like it's kind of a nice screening process, honestly.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to slow down the way people get to know each other, which could be a good thing. A good thing. Yeah. And also, something else happened. Yes. So I was like bored. So I just like downloaded all these apps and I downloaded. (laughs) You're going to say downloaded all this porn. (laughs) Oh, God. I wish I liked porn. I really don't. It's
2: okay.
0: It's fine. But anyway, I downloaded OkCupid mm-hmm. and I had all these old messages that I never read. And I had a message from that guy that I really liked, the video <gasps> designer. Before, oh my God. Before we ever went out, he also messaged me on that app. like Oh. Yeah. Like, like a year ago or something. Oh, and how made funny.
2: Me,
0: made me kind of sad to see it because I was like, oh, I wish this had worked. He's so cool. And you know, bored at home COVID. So I just like sent him a message and I was like, Oh my God, this is so funny. I just opened OKCupid after years and just saw this message. I hope you're well. And he sent me this like very long, like, of course he's like, he's like,
2: that's not- what he does.
0: Well, he's the little, I
2: know about him. He sends, he sends long, thoughtful responses.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right. And he sent this long, like wild, like, you know, as an introvert, who's just like obsessed with new experiences, this this plague is amazing. Every day I wake up and I'm just like riveted. And it's like, whoa,
2: just,
0: I know, whoa, I know. that is it's, a hot take. It's a really, if hot I ever theme. heard one. <laughs> it's like sizzling. Uh, the I take. mean,
2: that is piping hot. Don't touch it. You'll get scarred.
0: It's the most un-PC thing you could ever say. And then, wow. I know. And then he also said like, oh, I read that book attached. I wish I that you recommended. I wish I had read it 10 years before. And then oh. he's like, how are you? And then I just like, didn't respond for a couple of days. And I just was like kind of angry because, you know, the last time I saw him, we hooked up. Then he went to Hawaii for 10 days. Didn't hear from him at all. He right. Back. Didn't hear from him at all and never heard from him again. So after he responded back to me, I just was like, oh yeah, well, what did you expect? I mean, in my dream world, he was like, hey, I'm so sorry. I didn't da, 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 But then I just wrote him back a few days later and just said, "Glad you're well. Things are well over here. Take care." And it was just like,
2: "Yeah,
0: just let it go. It's done." So yeah, that- we
2: don't know that we need that like to infiltrate your life when life is already stressful right now. Like, there's no need to put it's his stressful. energy into your life at this moment.
0: It's just one of those like, if somebody's not putting an effort in, then bye. Yeah. So yeah. who are you this week?
2: Oh, um, I you know. Maybe today a little bit of a Charlotte in that I've sort of, you know, last week I, um, you know, last week was really hard. We're recording this on, I just found out, day 18 of being in quarantine. Um, And yeah, last week I think was really hard because it was the second week and... I think that it was really starting to set in that like, this is a new life. We don't know, you know, the expiration date for like when this life ends and we go back to normal, whatever normal even means, what will normal look like? Like I was really feeling all the things and watching the news and listening to the daily every day and just kind of living and breathing information um, all week. And as a result, really like having a true hysterical breakdown last Tuesday, um, like, like crying like I lost a family member, like just really grieving, feeling all the grief. Um, and the reason I feel like Charlotte is because I kind of made a conscious choice today to start thinking about the ways this will change our society for the good and how it'll like affect us not, not in the way that, that the guy, the Hawaii guy was saying like, I'm fucking thriving. Like not, not that, but just like, okay, well, what are the benefits? And for me, I think, um, I am someone who's always not been great with money. Um, and I felt like I was, I would just sort of spend and not really think about it. And I would like pay my credit card bill and not really like Keep track of like, am I spending more this month? Am I spending less this month? And I'm just in this place of feeling um, like a sort of Charlotte Rosie appreciative of the fact that this is making me really watch my finances in such a stripped back way that I honestly never thought would happen in my life. Like, truly cooking every meal at home, that's one major positive. And then we were just talking offline about workouts. And I think that I was under the impression like you have to go to a gym to stay fit or you have to like have a regimen at least. Like this is what I do to stay. And now I'm in this place where I'm like, I just want to be active and enjoy that activity. So, um, big fan of Tracy Anderson's videos on YouTube, obviously free, um, her dance moves are fucking silly as hell. Like literally Dan filmed me fun. he filmed me dancing. He was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I have no idea. I'm like flopping my arms around, like flailing, but my heart rate was up and I was like, oh, I feel like a child on a playground right now. Like I honestly have not felt this sort of free in my activity, in my like gym routine ever. So those are two positives and yeah, I'm feeling a little, Charlotte trying to see the silver lining and things right now.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's great. I mean, I, one of the positives I have found is like, I take uh like an hour long walk every day, just huge. Yeah. And it's just these really simple things. Like, like, being outside, being outdoors in 100%. nice weather, in a beautiful place full of trees, it just kind of feels like you can't beat it. Like,
2: Yeah, and you know, I mean, and the listeners know, like, Jamie Lee, not the biggest fan of LA, but since since Corona, when I take walks, I really, like, see our neighborhood and see, like, how the weather makes this place look so beautiful. And so I've been, like, very positive about where I live right now.
0: Yeah, I mean New York is is like a I mean,
2: well, that's War yeah.
0: zone. It's so it, a
2: true war zone. Yeah. Um okay,
0: gal. Well, should we jump on it? Let's in?
2: jump it. Let's jump jump to it. Okay. okay. Well, this is this is exciting. Um, we are, we've come upon another finale. Season 3, episode 18, the season finale of season 3. Woo! Ooh, very intense this, season. Yes, this episode is called Cock-a-Doodle-Doo.
0: Rose, doodle-doo us up. <laughs> oh, thank you. The season three finale Ooh. kicks off in the early hours at Carrie's place with an actual rooster call. She crawls out of bed to figure out what the hell's going on, and it turns out she heard right. There's a bunch of caged roosters on a roof across from her apartment. Down at her place, Samantha deals with her own
2: outside-her-window issue, a trio of loud trans sex workers. Their business dealings are on the craft side, even for Samantha. Get that thing out of my ass or I'm going to shit on it! I mean, is that the dirtiest thing you've ever heard? Let's
0: hope so! I, I am paying a fortune to live in a neighborhood that's trendy by day and tranny by night. Tranny? Transsexuals. Chicks with dicks, boobs on top, balls down below. I don't get the appeal there. It's the other white meat. (laughs) Ah, I understand that pseudo straight married men from New Jersey have to get laid, but do they have to do it on my block? I thought my roof chickens were bad. Every morning at 4 a.m. they start up. I mean, it's it's like they're putting on a show. The up my ass players.
1: (laughs) 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 Too early for tranny talk so weird to just be sitting here eating egg white omelets again like nothing ever happened. It was our first Saturday morning breakfast together since Charlotte had flown the co-op and left Trey, her husband of just three months. I was married and now what, I'm single again? Sweetie, you're not single, you're just separated. That's
0: right. I'm not single, I'll never be single again. I'll be divorced. The only thing worse than being 34 and single is being 34 and divorced. Oh, thanks. I can think of something worse. Being 34 and trapped in a marriage that doesn't work. Mm. I try hard enough? Hard being the operative word.
1: Sweetie, Trey has an impotence problem. Ah! I am so sick of
0: talking about Trey. I, I think and talk about Trey all the time.
1: Watching this
0: episode was the hardest one. This makes that episode about... Samantha dating a black guy seem like I know uh, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Yeah, it. uh, Yeah, I mean they really went on a rant.
2: Like when Samantha explains what a trans person is to Charlotte, like they really, the writers really went for it. Like chicks with dicks, like giving this whole like all these like this is what we call them. You're just like Jesus, guys, really,
0: uh, really beating the dead horse there. Yeah, it's like Adam Carolla, Howard Stern. Exactly. Such shock jock. I mean, it's extremely homophobic, very racist. It's very uncomfortable to hear a group of white ladies talking about a group of trans women of color like that. It is. That was like a really, really interesting move. I mean, it's racist and it's-
2: This show is so racist. Can we just say it? It really it. is, especially in this episode. I don't know if you felt this way too. I'm sure you noticed, but like every person of color in this episode is a stereotype, like truly. I was watching and I, I maybe I was on high alert from that p- particular scene, but like even like the woman who works at the vet's office, like the woman at the Chinese restaurant, like all of it, you're just like, come on guys, like give these people some dimension. Like white people are not the only people who are like fully formed. This is disgusting.
0: Yeah, it, it's so it,
2: uncomfortable.
0: It's really hard to watch. And, you know, it, it, this is when people have issues with the show, it's because of stuff like this.
2: You know, what's interesting. I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like when we when the show was on the air, or at least like a little more in the zeitgeist, I feel like the conversations were always about how Carrie is unlikable. That was always a thing you heard. There were so many think pieces written on it. But Maybe later people started to talk about the racial issues, but when it was on the air, it wasn't really coming up. And now I'm like, oh, holy shit. Like it's so bad. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, and the, it's wild. It, yes. And, and homophobia for sure. And it, the only good thing about it is it really goes to show that in 20 years, the needle has moved so much. That I know. When this came out, this episode, people probably just, like, ate popcorn and laughed. And now, oh, yeah. If, if this episode were to air on a TV show now, that show would be shut down and everyone's career would be over. Like... A
2: hundred percent. That's so, a great point.
0: Yeah, I guess that's a silver lining to it.
2: It is. I mean, and I'm happy we're... Oh, sorry, Skylar. Go ahead.
1: I also just wanted to say, when we were covering 305, the, the one that is so racist, um, I did a little bit of reading and... The the main cast and I believe over time they all became producers like they they bumped up uh, sure. in the actual involvement of the creation of the show and they were voicing uh, discomfort with the way the show that th- with the way the show dealt with race and dealt with characters of color and gradually over time pushed to have more diverse characters. I haven't seen the whole show who, just who yet. D-
0: who was unhappy with it? Uh,
1: I I believe what who, I read the cast at the members. time. Yeah, was oh. definitely Sarah Jessica Parker decided it. But That's nice I, to know. I I'm, I'm think really that glad they, to hear that. Yeah, I think they definitely both got pushback and were concerned about it over time. But yeah, it, that's not to excuse how bad because it is. Maybe that's
2: why Blair Underwood shows up in um, season five or six. I can't remember. Um, but I feel like they did a good job with his character. But I mean, that wasn't until the very end of the series. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, girls got a lot of shit for.
2: Yes, I, that's not- what I was just thinking about.
0: Well, I mean, the thing about girls is it just didn't include any representation, but they didn't go on these crazy tangents.
2: No, of, no.
0: Like, I, yeah. This I'm a girls is, apologizer because I really loved girls.
2: I it, loved girls, too. I felt very conflicted.
0: Yeah. Uh, but I think this show did something much worse, which was not only not include people, but when they did, it was like the most like breakfast at Tiffany's like. Yep egregious versions. But besides all that horrible stuff... Yes. Okay. So um, Yes. Let's set that aside. So Charlotte is dealing with a lot of shame and pain about her divorce. And she's talking about how being a divorced woman at 34 is worse than being a single woman of 34. Right. My... My parents divorced when I was two. So I grew up with divorced parents and I grew up in a major city in LA where lots of people's parents were divorced. So I never had any kind of stigma around divorce. So when I hear Mm. when I hear Charlotte go and a divorced woman, it's hard for me to relate to. Do you think that people I love that
2: that's how you feel?
0: Yeah, it's just kind of how I grew up, I'm sure. That's awesome. If I grew up in an environment where everyone was together, I think it would have changed. Do, do you, how do you feel about it? Well, I, I really relate
2: because I have sort of an extreme circumstance, but like every person in my family is either married since high school, married the love of their life, like wow. totally idyllic, wow, like opposite, opposite end of the spectrum, or they're so dysfunctional that you would if you met them and had to hang out with them, you'd be like, guys, please get a divorce. So those are the two extremes in my life. But my mom in particular, I mean, I have said since I was a kid, like my parents should not be married. They like, it's never been good. I think they are friends. I think they work well together. I don't think they should be married. I think they'd be very happy separate. And my mom refuses to get a divorce. And she's never said it outright, but I'm pretty sure it's because she doesn't want the label and it's, really wow yeah, which is wild because she's so progressive in so many ways and you know my parents were like sort of whimsical artsy types. They, you know, they were photographers for ZZ Top and then they like owned rock clubs. So they're not like surprising, Dick up their asses. Like, you know, they think outside the box in a lot yeah. of ways. So it's really interesting, um, that my mom kind of draws the line at divorce. Um, but my aunt is the only person in my family who got divorced. How did that go? Yeah. I mean, I think she's really happy um, Mm. for the most part. And I look up to her and I think when I was younger, sort of the rhetoric in my family was like, Oh, well she's, you know, it's sad. It's sad. Like we like really want her to find a boyfriend. Like we want her to date. We want, you know, it was very like, like worried about her. Yeah. And it's like, she's, she has like a really nice house. She has great dogs. She goes to Europe every year with her girlfriends. You know, she's, like, very youthful in so many ways. Like, there are so many positives to, like, what she ended up doing. Yeah, and she has a boyfriend now, and she's kind of, like, whatever about it, to be honest. But I think it's because she's so used to being independent that she's, like, if it works out, great. If it doesn't, that's okay, too. Um, But I guess all of that goes to say that I can really relate to Charlotte because that label has always been very scary to me as well, and I always get really, like, kind of annoyed with myself Because I know better. Like, I know it's not a big deal.
0: You know, what? I just, yeah. It's like our cerebral minds and then how we've been conditioned are two different things. Cause you could know something intellectually, but if it was like
2: literally into you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because that's why I, I don't look at Charlotte in this scene and go, she's so superficial. Why does she care about that? I don't judge her. I just go, oh, that's such an interesting POV just because my experience was so different. And listen, my parents had a, horrible divorce. That was a awful, awful thing that had really bad ramifications. And I don't think that they should have been together. I think it would have been worse, but it's not like I'm like, oh, divorce is so amazing. But I don't think of it in my family as like, divorce was bad and being together was good. I just think it was two people that should not have been together in any situation would have been bad. Yeah. But I just find it interesting because I have heard people talk about a divorce stigma and it sounds like it is real. It is real, but like you were saying, it's so interesting because you do have
2: like the cerebral part of your brain and then you have how you're conditioned, but my cerebral part of my brain knows it's not a big deal. Like get over it. It's so not a big deal. So many people get divorced, A, and also what the girls are saying in this scene is right. Like prioritize your happiness. You don't want to be 34 stuck in a marriage that isn't working for you, period. And like, yeah, Charlotte it's is a
0: character who has really suffered a lot at the hands of what other people think. And I think that's yes. her major flock. Charlotte has lots of nice qualities. She's a really loving friend. She's a really caring person.
2: She was also really fun in this scene. I love how she's like, guys, just go back to talking about the dicks and the asses or whatever it was. Like, it was so out of character for her to be like, let's just like be filthy. Yeah. You know, even yeah. though that part we hate, but you know, just like for her, for her character, it was nice for her to be like, oh God, I'm gonna like stop being such a stick in the mud and just like have fun with you girls.
0: Yeah, like I think it's easy to judge Charlotte, but I feel like we don't know what Charlotte's whole deal is. Charlotte probably had parents that were like the worst thing you could ever do is get divorced. Yeah, men aren't going to want you. I mean, it sounds so old, old school now, and it's so funny because like as somebody who's thirty six, going to be thirty seven in July, and who's like single and dating, um, I like find the idea of dating a divorce guy great because oh, yeah, because to me, I would rather meet somebody my age or older who has. To me, if somebody's divorced, it means they're able to commit. Yes, It just didn't happen. To me, I think it's a much worse sign for a man who has not been married yet versus... So I think...
2: That's very think interesting. and I totally agree with you.
0: Yeah. I just think it's like, God, we all try. Some relationships work. Some don't. I mean, totally. people, are old, you know, people are living longer than they ever have. People used to die at 30, so marriages were 10 years.
2: Yeah. I wish you know, that... I never thought I would say the sentence, but I wish Charlotte had to go through... COVID quarantine. Cause I think she would come out on the other side, a changed woman in a lot of ways. I think it would like help her. I think she's someone who would benefit from oh my it. God, that's I really do. I think she would benefit from like realizing she's good on her own, realizing that you don't need that much to like feel whole. And like, I honestly think it. she would like have a lot of takeaway from it.
0: I think so too. And you know, the truth is Charlotte's a very extreme example of this, but everyone cares what people think. I care what people think. We all of care. Of course. You know, You can't function in society. I think the difference with Charlotte is that maybe the, the, the amount that she cares and also her frame of reference is just very, um, her, her frame of reference is very traditional and like a little bit like strangling. And I think that
2: we are it's I think we've talked about this on the show But like, you know, if someone has a quality that you have that you don't like about yourself If you see it in them you do this thing where you're like, oh, that's so awful And it's like it's just because it's you like you just are staring in a mirror And that's what I think it is with charlotte I think there. charlotte represents a piece of us that we all wish we didn't have because intellectually We know better. We know that labels are bullshit We know that you should just prioritize your happiness and do what's good for you We know all the things But then there is a piece of Charlotte in all of us that's like, but what are people going to say? hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's what makes her more loathsome is because she's actually like more connected and woven into each of us than we wish.
0: I think that's a really good point. And also she's kind of like unabashed about it. She Totally. Totally. Whereas the rest of us are kind of like, we would never admit like, oh, what will people think? We're just kind of like, yeah, I just don't think I really want to do this. He's just kind of like... My reputation. She really just says it. She just jumps out of a cake, and she's like, what will (laughs) they say? (laughs) In some ways she's kind of free about it. Yeah, she
2: is. It's kind of liberating just to be like, yeah, I have no shame. I, you know, I don't want to be divorced.
0: I give all the shits. I give all the shits. I think it's fine to give a shit, but not in, not, not in a way that sells your authentic self out, you know?
2: Yeah. I'm not even sure she knows what that is fully I mean, any
0: of us dot dot, I dot. Mean, dot 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 all right moving on okay so later carrie drops by the animal hospital behind the loud roosters she wants to tell them to keep it down but backs off when the vet she meets is too dang nice meanwhile miranda orders in some chinese takeout i love this story me too she, <laughs> i mean miranda gets the best stories i know When she gives them her address, the person on the other end laughs and rattles off her usual order. Is Miranda too predictable? Yeah. The next day,
2: Carrie and Miranda do some strolling when, oh God, they run into both of their exes. Since their breakups, Steve and Aiden have apparently started hanging out and double dating. They're each with their new girlfriends and Carrie and Miranda are freaked
0: out. This was such good casting because the new girlfriends are so skinny and young. They're perfect. <laughs> really upset. But also
2: like they look, they like, they, they just look like girlfriends. Like it wasn't over the top. They weren't models. They were just like the perfect amount of hot.
1: I I also thought and loved that uh, Steve was dating a woman who also had like a short haircut. So it's like he, oh they like, my God. they had a visual type and there was also sort of like a, you know that Seinfeld episode with the bizarro Jerry and everybody? Like that yes. was my immediate read and and uh what that all looked like to me, which I thought was, I always find that so funny and so that great. that is
2: so funny. You're right. They were like they were just kind of like uh bizarro,
1: like if you were Miranda. to clone
2: yeah, if you were to clone them a bunch, like yeah, yeah. it was like five generations later, Miranda. Yeah. yeah, they were
0: like each one hot 2.0 kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was upsetting. It was great casting. <sighs> So over at Charlotte's Old Place, she, Samantha, Miranda, and Carrie unpack boxes as well as the Steve and Aiden run-in. Charlotte is jaded over men after everything that happened with her and Trey and basically swears off the whole crappy gender.
2: Samantha has another run-in with her below-the-window sex worker neighbors, which actually
0: goes pretty well. She asks them to move down the block, and to her surprise, they do. Later, Carrie gets rudely woken up yet again. This time it's by a phone call. Big's back. He wants to have lunch now that he and Natasha are donezo. And despite their whole history, Carrie agrees. When she tells Miranda, however, she doesn't get support.
1: I'm meeting Big for lunch and I didn't think you'd approve. Wait, you're meeting Big? He called. He sounded upset and he said he needed to talk. Since when does Big talk? What does that mean? He's upset about Natasha leaving. You know, okay, you know what? I'm not holding your hand through this again. I'm not asking you to hold my anything. We're just having lunch. <laughs> it's a huge mistake. It is not a huge mistake. It's lunch. Wake up, Carrie. How many
0: more times are you going to go through this? He is bad for you. Jesus, every time you get
2: near him, you turn into this pathetic, needy, insecure victim. And the thing that pisses me off the most is that you're more than willing to go right back for work. I am not going back for more, and I can't even believe... I can't believe you would say that to me. If you start up with big again... I am not starting up with big again. Well, if you do, I don't want to know anything about it. I mean it, Carrie. No calls, no crying.
1: Oh, what are you gonna do, Miranda? You gonna cut me out of your life like you did to Steve? What? The first sign of any little weakness or flaw, and you just write people off. My God, Miranda, you are so judgmental. <sighs> Oh, what, you can say that I'm pathetic and needy and I can't say anything to you? You know, everybody's not as tough as you, Miranda. Pete, some of us make mistakes. Wow, what an amazing, Mm. amazing. Mm.
2: Can I say that this scene, I, for some reason, have this thing where I can never remember what episode this scene is in. Like, I always, every time I rewatch the show, which is quite often, um, I I'm always like oh that scene is so unbelievable and I'm like where is it in the series like I can never remember if it was like second season or fourth season or fifth season so yeah when I realized it was this episode I was like oh holy shit this is like gonna get tense it's yeah it's so well written like that is such a great like such a great argument and like the way it ramps up and the way it's edited it just feels so it feels so real
0: It does. And it's very relatable. I mean, I, when I was re-listening to it, I just thought of two different friends who I had the same conversation with. I hope I wasn't as snappy as Miranda. I wouldn't, I've never called a friend pathetic. Yeah. That was, that was the turning point was when she said pathetic.
2: I was like, all right, that's now that's one too many. (laughs) I can't call someone pathetic Miranda
0: thing to say to somebody. Yeah. Um, But this scene is very relatable to me. Um, I'm, sh- I've definitely been on the receiving end of a really good friend that I love deeply. Who's been in something that I just have to hear about again and again when it's very toxic. And I'm sure, Yeah. I think I, I have plenty of flaws and things that people would get frustrated. I don't think I stay in things for a very, very long time that are toxic but I'm sure my sister and people close to me have been annoyed about me being like, no, but he's so amazing. Did he say that he was completely incapable of a relationship? Yeah, but like, he's so smart and cool. I'm sure people have had to be on the other line of that for me.
2: But so- that's what makes this so relatable. And I like that you said that about your sister because to me, this fight solidifies how close these two are because the way that Miranda is angry is like a family member. It yeah. feels like a fight you would have with yeah with a family member like she cares on such a deep level that she couldn't keep it in and obviously it came out in you know a not a nice way but the fact that she didn't do the thing where she like bit her lip and was like okay yeah like you're going to go with big all right well you know be careful like it was she could have she could have restrained herself and i think the fact that she didn't um it definitely wasn't the right move but you could tell it was really coming from a place of like I don't want my friend to get hurt, like ultimately, really like valuing Carrie um, yeah. and wanting her happiness to to, you know, go beyond sliding backwards to big.
0: Yeah, it's really, really tough. I mean, the thing that's hard is that it's it's just like you said, and you're right, they do feel like sisters. It is that close. The hard thing about the hard thing about this type of thing is. When you have a friend that's going through something, relationship, addiction, anything that you maybe don't approve of, yes it's really, really tough because somehow you have to walk the line of being there for someone and not enabling them and- Creating a
2: boundary for yourself that's comfortable really for tricky. you, but also wanting to be there for them. It's so- hard. And I think it's if you're going to show a fight between two friends and it's pretty much the only fight they get in. I guess they fight they fight another time in season 6, but um I thought it was really interesting that this is the fight. I really thought it was like just it's just so relatable. It, it's totally a fight that I feel like most women have had some iteration of.
0: And I think it's also really tricky because um you always have to decide when you are close friends with somebody who's having relationship problems, how honest you have to be because if your friend is dating a dick that you hate, like, can you say something? If your friend is, I have a friend who has been going through a really hard time with her partner for a while. And, um, I'm very honest with her about it. And recently she hadn't called me. She was on the brink of like, not knowing what to do with this Mm -hmm. relationship. They've been together for a very long time and they are married. And she seemed so unhappy and so miserable and so at her wit's end. And and me and her sisters and everyone who knows her is like, obviously, mm-hmm. this is done. You got to go. And then I didn't hear from her for a month. And oh, I saw God. pictures of her on Instagram on like a fabulous European vacation with him. And she was too embarrassed to call me because she yeah. can't make the change. And I told her, I go, girl. If it takes you five years, 10 years, if you never do, I still love you. And you don't have to listen to a goddamn word I say. But that's the thing that's hard is when you're with a friend, is like, how honest are you supposed to be? And. Right. And
2: if you say, like, you should talk to a therapist, that can seem dismissive, even if that's just like coming from a really genuine place of like, this would benefit you. It still could seem like you're being callous or something. So I agree. I think walking a line is that is the tricky thing. And also, um, you know, I thought it was interesting the way they round out Miranda's character here is really interesting. Like when they say the line, like you're so judgmental, like you, if anyone shows the smallest amount of weakness, you bail on them. And I feel like I've done that. Like, I feel like in fights that's like been a thing where I'm like, Oh, I've done that. Like, I feel like I've definitely like, if I see something, not that I would bail on a friend, but I've definitely had those thoughts. I wouldn't say them. And so to me, I was like, oh, I I really like felt like a Miranda in that moment. I was like, oh, that's like, even in stuff that Miranda said to Carrie, I was like, oh, that's me. Like they really are in all of us. Like I was a little Carrie in that scene. I was a little Miranda in that scene. Like that's why that scene is so dynamic because you kind of get where both of them are coming from. Granted, Miranda definitely like initiated that level of hostility, but it was just, yeah. I don't know. It just really well, shows another... how close, how close they are.
0: Yes. And you bring up another good point too. Um, which also just the Miranda thing. It's interesting because like Miranda's so cool and collected and sardonic and sarcastic and funny and always has like a cool word and never seems to, you know, anytime she's lonely, it's kind of like this sarcastic Janine Garofalo like totally kind. she's a little emo, like yeah, she's you know, a little Daria. Yeah. It doesn't seem that emotional. And this is when you realize, you know, just because people seem like they're above it all and cool doesn't mean they're really hurt. And when, and when Carrie said, not everyone's as tough as you. And if you see one problem, you bail. That was like, really like, wow. Like as people who've been, um, analyzing the show for three seasons, I never even realized, yeah, that's a really good point. Like she's kind of merciless.
2: She's merciless. Exactly. And, yeah,
0: and it's like she's very high achieving, and da 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 da. And if, yep. if, you don't, if you don't make the cut, then blah blah blah. And it's like, yep. yeah, but you're high achieving, and all by yourself. And yep. you know what I
2: mean. Like that's why I feel I I feel very much like Miranda because I feel like in past relationships I've been like, oh, just like get out of here. I'm better on my own, and that's probably because I'm an only child. I Miranda's not an only child; she has a sister, but she feels like an only child in a lot of ways because she's just very like, it's me and my blinders and like, I'm home alone in my room, like playing with my toys. Like I'm making being an only child sound so depressing. We actually have really good friendships. But anyways, um, I think that Miranda, yeah, you really see sort of the dark side of that kind of personality. And I just, yeah, I f- I found like I've definitely done what she, well, I don't really think she disposed of Steve, but I guess that's how they wanted us to see it. I felt like she, like Steve was kind of like not pulling his weight and like needed to go honestly to like learn and grow. But um, it's interesting that that's what they want us to feel about Miranda is that she kind of just like ditches people when they show weakness.
0: But I mean, she was really hard on him. Like when she was was. like when she was excited about the basketball thing. I mean, that's true. That's true. Such a bitch about like couldn't stop working on
2: her legal documents to like go downstairs for five minutes i know
0: like even if i had some stupid idea like oh my god jamie i'm really excited i'm gonna make like the best pie at this festival like even if i had never baked before and you didn't think i would do a good job you'd never be like that's stupid rose like she was such a dream basher
2: yeah she is a dream basher that's true
0: also, um, I think you yeah. were right about like how hostile and like bitchy they were because we won't get into it. But Jamie and I had a small tiff, and I was a bitch. You did? Oh well, all right. <laughs> I was snappy, <laughs> and and that happens with close friends. And you know, um, this this felt real to me in terms of saying stuff you don't want to say and acting like a b word.
2: Well, it also though, and I was thinking about our tiff. I think that it is nice to, I do think it's a testament and I've said this before on the pod, but like, I think, I think the way women, I don't want to make a sweeping generalization guys. So just know that that's not okay. I might sweep a little bit, but just know that I know that I'm sweeping. Yeah. But I think that the way, I think female friendships are very hard compared to the way, like Dan with his friends, for example, they fight literally all the time to the point where they never fight. You know what I mean? Like it's almost okay. ingrained in the way they, they're just like roasting each other all the time. So you know what I mean? It's distorted. always like, yeah, exactly. Well, that's my point. But women don't do that. We're like, okay, we want it. Like it's hard being women. So we want to like build each other up and like our experience is so different. So our friendships aren't going to be like that because yeah. we don't go through the world in the same way men do. Like we have a such different- 100% we have different ways of relating to the world and like surviving. Um, but all I was, was going to say is that the friends that do what Miranda and Carrie do, those are like your keeper friends. Because even though that fucking blows the way they had that fight and they said shit that they wish they hadn't said and all this stuff and they both were wrong or they both were right or whatever it is, you realize like it is refreshing when women can at least try to communicate. Like I, I've definitely been in friendships where it's like I literally could never say anything to them because I feel like they just couldn't take it
0: because well, we weren't I, that I'm close. Glad that we can do that, and like I still have a lot of growth to do. I always think of myself as like, oh my
2: god, are you kidding? Same. What are we talking person- about?
0: but then my feelings get hurt and all the wokeness and all the reading and self-help book. And I just like get reactive. So, you know, in a way I feel grateful for our little tiff because it makes me realize I still have a ways to go in terms of expressing my hurt feelings and having a calm, non-heated discussion about feelings. It's not something that. Yeah. I get, I get,
2: I know what you're saying. I think that I mean, all that shit is so much easier said than done. We're all just people. We're all doing our best. And also like, I don't know. I mean, I think that the th- the good thing with, with those kinds of discussions is like, well, it's nice to hear how you're like, it's nice to know like, oh, well that hurt your feelings. Well, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Like those are just, sometimes you don't realize how you're coming across or realizing like the buttons you're pushing for someone you love. So There's a lot of benefit to it. It sucks in the moment, but then you're like, oh, thank God. Like, thank God I talked to my friend and like heard how they felt because I wouldn't want to keep making the same mistakes and make them feel bad. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's heart's always in the right place.
0: Yeah. And I think the fact that like we love each other and we know that it kind of like, even if there's like a couple days or a weird yuck, doesn't take long for us to move on.
2: I agree. I'm glad that we, we, glad that we did that. Me too. I think, I think we do a good job. Go ahead, James. Okay. After her and Carrie's blow up, Miranda builds up the courage to make the call she'd really been dreading to the takeout place. The same woman answers and gives her the same treatment as last time. Pissed off, Miranda storms down there, but quickly backs off. It turns out the woman laughs at every customer like that because this is a very racist scene. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, and Steve is also at
2: the Chinese restaurant, so they have a nice catch up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously another, add that to the list of horrific. Please, please. horrific. Yeah. Yeah. Our Asian American listeners, we oh my god,
2: we apologize on behalf of our race. <sighs> Seriously, um, if and- I wrote on that show, I would like oh my god, I would have such a hard time being like, yeah, I was in the writers' room for that.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I would have been like, oh, I was sick that. <laughs> yeah,
2: week. I, yeah, I got fired right then when that happened. They just kept my credits because when- I was under contract. Yeah,
1: exactly. when they were doing racism corner, I stepped out.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was getting
0: a snack at that I got point. A phone
2: call. Yeah, um- conveniently.
0: And Samantha has another run-in with her sort of neighbors. They're back and their loud sex work is interrupting Samantha's sex with a hunky rando. Sam loses it and flings a bucket of water onto them. Honestly, seeing a white woman do that to a black woman is horrifying. Oh my god, I can't. This is this episode. I mean, wow, like, they really
2: oh, went out with a bang with this
0: finale. Oh my god, her yeah. dude takes off, not ready to deal with Sam and her war path. And I do have to say, there's something very racist and classes going on here because Sam fucking a random guy upstairs is considered okay, and then what's happening down there is considered like not classy and not okay. Like that's completely um, arbitrary in my opinion.
2: Yes, agreed. That's a great point. At her reassembled old apartment, Charlotte passes her newly sort of single time reading, or she tries to until Trey shows up. He hasn't been able to stop thinking about her, and they have some flinging each other
0: against the walls sex. Carrie has another rooster wake up and calls the animal hospital. The birds gotta go. Charlotte and Trey have a nice post-sex chat and sift through his sudden ability to get it up and what went wrong in their marriage. Samantha has another sex worker wake up. The one she threw water on is back and now she's pelting Sam's window with eggs. She even nails Sam, rightly so.
2: Carrie and Big meet up for their post-Natasha lunch, and Carrie and Miranda make up over the phone. Yay! Carrie promises Miranda she will not kiss Big, which ends up landing both of them in a duck pond when he leans in and she dodges. They head back to his place to freshen up, take showers, clean up, get the pond scum off of them, and talk about what he wanted to talk about.
1: Was it all my fault? No. It wasn't all your fault. Man, we really screwed that up. What were we thinking? I have no idea. Fuck. I was counting on you for answers. <sighs> how you doing, kid? Pretty good, how you doing? Good. Aside from the fact I feel like I've been through a war, Really, we're like war buddies. War buddies in Calvin Klein robes. (laughs) I hate to admit this, but I kind of like living alone again. Why doesn't that surprise me? Ago. Don't you want to stay a while? I can't. Why? Because, sweet friend, you and I are like that red wall. It's a good idea in theory, but somehow doesn't quite work.
0: What do you think, Jamie?
2: I'm kind of just. I know this scene needed to happen. I know that in the writing, it's the season finale. Big has been such a big part of this season. I mean, you know, I I think the cheating arc is like some of the strongest, um, some of the strongest work of the whole series. I just Mm -hmm. find it amazing and so well done. Um, This honestly was a little anticlimactic. I thought it was cute that they had this kind of farcical romp in the park where they like fall in the pond and like you know that that was cute it had almost like that feeling of um in dirty dancing when jennifer gray and patrick swayze are like dancing on the log in the creek oh no yeah right and they like fall in the or no when they're in the pond and he's like lifting her in the pond and then she just keeps like diving in and falling that's kind of what it reminded me of so it was sort of sweet and romantic in that way but i'm just very over them at this point and yeah, I think even this scene didn't give a shit about itself. The scene is like, it's not even written specifically. It's like, we're like that red wall. We kind of just don't fit. It's like, what? I don't, okay, like, yeah, I'm just kind of over it at this point, right now. Right, Obviously, I'll, I'll come back around, but.
0: How yeah, I, I, agree, I agree with you. It is pretty anticlimactic. It wasn't, considering it's a season finale, Um I didn't think it packed as big a punch as it should have. Um, and maybe it's because in real life, when a relationship is kind of over, it, it, it is relatable to me that moment where it's like... I totally agree. It's a very It's a very relatable feeling. Yeah. That thing where you're like with somebody that you used to be like fucking on fire with and it's created so much devastation. And it's just no longer as appealing as it used to be. And you're sitting there in the sober light of day. And it's just like, yeah, I just don't. They're just like
2: ravaged and exhausted. You know what it and- reminded me of? Yeah, tell me.
0: So like a um, few months after Lee and I broke up, we had, uh, we, we got together to have Thai food and it was nice to see him. Maybe this is a little different and I'm projecting, but it was like clear that it was like really, really over. Sure. It had been months and stuff. And I said something small to him while he was looking at the menu. He had never been to this restaurant. I love this restaurant. And I go, you, cause we decided we were going to split two different dishes and I go, you can get anything from here, here, here. And he started laughing. And I said, Oh, what are you laughing at? He's like, you're telling me what I can order. And it was like, he was just annoyed that I'm like this Jewish woman that's pushing and controlling. Yeah. I was just like, and you could just see on his face, just like how
2: you were just like excited to eat there and he's taking it personally. Cause you guys had a thing before. Yeah. So everything's and or- loaded right. and, yeah. and everything, and it's like, like all the dynamics are just coming back.
0: Right. And it was just like, you know, okay, well I'm glad this is over. You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like, let's like split okay. the food that you decide on
0: and we'll <laughs> move on with our lives. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So- Basically, the episode closes with Carrie confirming that those damn roosters are gone from outside her window and the core four enjoying a rooftop party with a sex worker Sam was feuding with. Charlotte's even considering her future with Trey, so season four's Looking Up, which brings us to the question of the episode.
1: Later that night, I got to thinking about men and women and relationships. Or more to the point, how women feel men disappoint them in relationships. Then a radical, almost earth-shattering thought popped into my head. What if everything isn't the man's fault? After a certain age and a certain number of relationships, if it still isn't working and the exes seem to be moving on and we don't, perhaps the problem isn't the last boyfriend, or the one before him, or even the one before him. Could it be that the problem isn't them, but horror of horrors? Is it us?
0: What do you think, Jamie?
1: It's a
2: little, it's a little like men are from Mars, women are from Venus. I do think I watched that documentary. um, I don't know if you've seen it. It's on Amazon. It's called The Mask You Live In about how- I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I think that, I think that men and women are raised so differently um, and have such different experiences like we were talking about earlier that, you know, it's, I would say it's, it's, it's a tough fit to be straight. It's just tough.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that.
2: And I think that's why, and it also adds to sort of the excitement and the chase because I think deep, 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 deep down, we all know it's a little bit of an uphill battle um, because we are just so fundamentally different in our, the way we experience life is so different um, that I think yeah, I think it's a real challenge when you find someone who you know, gets you and is sensitive and meets your needs and understands your experience and you understand theirs and you're you know, kind of on the same wavelength. It's just so rare for so many reasons. So I don't know if that answers the question fully, but I, I just think it's not as clear cut as
0: like, is it me or is it him? Yeah. My read on that question is, if you're really hurt at the end of a relationship and you feel very fucked over, it's very easy to blame the other person. But if you are that hurt, it might be because you were in a relationship with somebody who was so obviously not available and who f- flew so many red flags that you consistently an- ignored. So then it's easy to be like, what an asshole. The hardest you're mad at
2: yourself for like investing time when you know you should have gotten out.
0: Well, I do think that like, it's a lot easier to blame somebody else than to be like, why did I totally forward with this thing that was, I think this is a good question for Carrie to be asking herself. I agree. Big wasn't able to come in. He wasn't able to do this. And I can't believe this. And it's like, you saw all that from day one. So if you're upset right now, you should also be upset about at yourself for refusing to accept reality. And so I think for men and women, but let's go with women right now. If you're really bitter about men or jaded about men, there's something that you're also doing to create a pattern that's over and over and over again. And that is something to look at inside of yourself, I would say.
2: Yeah. And I think women are in such a tough spot because I also think, you know, Carrie plays it like, Oh, I'm, you know, she's kind of like cool girl hitting the clubs, like fashion, fabulous. Everything's kind of like, Woo, New York City. But really, Carrie does want to find a person. She, I think she's more traditional than she leads on. That's um, or, or at least, like, flirts with the idea of that life, but would never say that. So I think that because Carrie is conflicted, she has this party girl vibe, but she also wants this thing. And so I think that keeps her in shitty relationships longer because she's actually not, like, fly by the seat of her pants. So it's like this weird push-pull that's happening, and I think she's yeah. kind of internally at odds with herself, that's um, which is why she stays in something shitty longer than she should because I think she's hanging on to almost a Charlotte-like ideal, but she 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 doesn't have the vocabulary or even the emotional vocabulary to, to understand that about herself. 1,000% agree. Fab. Okay, well, this brings us to... Our last segment of the episode, I'm horny for Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. We end each episode by sharing what we are
0: currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for? Well, I'm sad to say that I haven't read as many books as I'd like to over the years because of my crippling phone addiction, but now that there's COVID, and I've literally never thought this could happen, but I am reaching my max on scrolling Instagram and watching TV, so I've been forced at gunpoint to open a book. And I just opened books that I just had in my house that I haven't read yet. So I read a fabulous one that was romantic and sexy and interesting and page turning and a murder mystery. Um, so I would highly recommend "Where the Crawdads Sing." Shit! Best- I knew you were going to say that. Did you read it?
2: I am having the hardest time starting it, and I cannot figure out why. I
1: have to. I so ha- ha-
2: you? now, you're the third person to be like, "It's fabulous." I, I have know to read why, it. Why? I just really got into it. So that's people my- love it.
0: Jamie, okay. what are you horny for?
2: Well, you've confirmed that I need to be horny for that book because Try it's been sitting it. on my table. I have read a page, I put it down, I read another. I don't know what it is. It's just
0: there's a lot of description, which I don't like in books. I don't I like. Hate tons it. Of prose, but I hate it. Let's just skip that and then just get to the dialogue.
2: Also, because when I was growing up in the South, I grew up in Texas. Um, you were asked to read a lot of like southern Gothic books. writers. Yeah, there's just a lot of like down in the bayou, That's the mosquitoes were a- chirping and That's the this. crawdads were singing. You know, and you're just That's like, this.
0: oh, it's Robert King Solver. Oh my God, it I may know. not be for you, but Bio- tell us what you're the, horny for. The
2: description of uh, bayous, I've had, I've had enough to fill a lifetime. Um, like we get it, it's swampy. But anyways, um, my horny for is an Instagram. This very funny comedian named Hannah Pilkes, Uh mm-hmm. it's uh, P-I-L-K-E-S. She does these short videos and they are they are making quarantine truly like joyful. I, I it's making Instagram during the quarantine joyful, I, can't wait to I should watch. say. Every video, it's she just does a bunch of characters. Um, she's really good friends with Chloe Feynman, oh, who's great. on SNL. So yeah, she just has this like great ability to, to like transform and she just puts up a lot of short videos and they're fucking hysterical. You guys have to cruise her Instagram. I promise it's, you're going to be obsessed.
0: I can't wait. It's
2: excellent. Um, okay, can but, I do one yeah. more
0: horny for just to- Please. Check? Okay, so if you like the person that um, Jamie just recommended, yeah. you'll probably also love Meg Stalter, but she is a hysterical one woman little like- Love funk. it phone characters thing. I'm very
2: into that right now.
0: And she has a podcast coming up with Forever Dog.
1: I wanted to flag mine, my favorite, Grace Kulenschmidt.
0: <gasps> I don't How know her. do you her? spell that last name for the listeners?
1: K-U-H-L-E-N-S-C-H-M-I-D-T. So it's quite a name, but she's very, very funny.
2: So guys, yeah, get your fill on Instagram of funny women doing funny things and making Instagram not unbearable. Um, and that is our show. And we love you and we hope everybody is staying safe and staying sane. And
0: staying and
2: yes, Florida, um, and stay home. And yes. Um stay home. Stay home. Florida, hello, stay home. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Love you. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CHBW Pod. And follow my co host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose
0: Cerno. And please follow my co host, Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher,
2: or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us, it helps you, it helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. <laughs>
1: This has been a Forever Dog production.